Welcome to episode 153 of Drew Sports Crew here on this Sunday afternoon. Myself, Drew Skyberg, bringing you the news in the Wisconsin sports world as always. And look, this week featured a trade. It featured some signings and it featured really for the Packers, not much. Um, we're kind of, this is kind of like, I mean, they finalized their staff, which is good, but like we're kind of in like those for the teams that are in the off season, um, Right, it's kind of like for football. You know, they final all teams basically finalize their head coach. Kind of like we're almost in the dog days point where no trades, no transactions yet. That period's not open, but um, we're to the biggest game here today: Super Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday. Awesome, five thirty Sunday night. I I don't like you get why it's a Sunday night. It's the most viewership, most it's the best time for people to watch. But definitely the social aspect is where people repeatedly year over year have expressed their concern. Um, definitely, I don't know. I, I think in the future, I think it's going to get moved to Saturday night. I do. I do. I, I don't know. I I think it's it's the Super Bowl, right? And people are going to watch no matter what. Um, I don't know. Super Bowl Sunday, though, it's iconic. Could they move it earlier? I don't know about earlier. What if you did like a Saturday at 530? I think that, I think that'd be great, but that's that might be just me. Um, but Sunday night's the prime viewership time. Like, there's no denying that. That's why it's there. Um, other people might have things going on on Saturday, but exciting times all around. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, I don't know. I have 49ers. I'm rooting for. People think I'm like a 49ers hater or something because of my Brock Purdy takes, which have been fine. I mean, like. Like, if he wins the Super Bowl, like, right? I mean, kudos to a great season um, for him, a season to remember. But, I mean, I basically, I haven't, like, I haven't moved him into this great, you know, he's he's, he's one of the great QBs in the NFL today because, I mean, that's just not who he is. But, um the team, the team around him has been great. He's been, he's been great, though. Like, there's no denying that. Um, and, hopefully he can take you know they can take the chiefs down here and win that super bowl so um it'd be good to see the 49ers finally win one here after the decade of just coming so close um so that's that's my take on the super bowl and that's my because i see it seems like the question always has to be is brock Purdy good or not and i think the answer is yes but i think the answer is yes to an extent right um that's my overall football take on it also then um both the Packers talk about cap space situation. We're talking a little bit of cap casualties. I'll talk more about that when we get to the Packers. We'll probably start with that actually, but that's what we're looking at. Um, yeah, Bucks swung a trade. Brewers made some signings. Uh, that's overall what what's going on in this episode. Furthermore, uh, at True Sports Crew Instagram X and TikTok, you know the drill. Check out that content. I posted a Super Bowl parlay today, so that's some fun stuff to see. Recording this week, planning around Wednesday at five. Um, we'll be recapping the Super Bowl. You know, we'll be playing some grids, probably from five to six or so. I'm not exactly sure on on kind of the time range, but it'll be Wednesday night sometime. Uh, we'll get you an episode this week. Uh, tough, you know, busy week for all of us. So we'll we'll get in there, and we're starting to get to that off season point where we play a lot of games. So that'll be fun. Uh, from here out, from here to September, we got we got game time. So. And off season, there's gonna be a lot of off season stuff, a lot of draft stuff, so a lot more of that content's coming your way. 
Um, and then for me, it's going to be the usual, right? We're going to be doing Bucks prediction challenge, some rankings, probably an all-star parlay. Last year it cashed. Uh, we'll be doing that again. It was an over-under on like the first quarter total too. Was like, cause with Fliff, I like to do some fun stuff with that. So check all that content out at True Sports Group. Let's get into the episode here um, and go through it. We'll start with the Packers offseason. In summary, um, the cap hit stuff, kind of looking at the numbers now. Um, it's almost certain that David Bakhtiari will not be a Packer in 2024 to 2025 this season. It's crazy to say that. 24 to 25. Next year's 2025. David Bakhtiari right now is right, roughly 16% of the Packers cap space. I can't believe it. They would save $20 million to cut him. $20 million. So right now the estimated cap space is um is under seven six point eight million, which they're like in the middle of the pack. They'll be fine. But Bakhtiari's gotta cut him, save that money. Um Kenny Clark's gonna stick around, Jair's gonna stick around. Um there's not gonna be too many surprises. They're probably not gonna re-sign AJ Dillon. I would be shocked. It's gotta be a friendly deal. Uh, Savage is gonna probably walk. Um I don't know. I think basically just looking at the cap space situation, you you cut you cut Bakhtiari, you're in good shape. You only save three million with Campbell, maybe some sort of restructuring with some guys here, but nothing nothing too crazy is going to be needed. Um, and there's not too much you can do actually with other with saving cap on some guys. A lot of it's like you got to keep them. Um, no, 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 no cap savings anywhere else. So Bakhtiari is the obvious one. And that's going to be the move. Um, otherwise, we got to wait till free agency stuff. We got to wait basically till March is what's going to happen. So that's kind of the annoying part is we get to this big game. Once it ends, it's like, okay, we're stuck waiting until the offseason stuff. Then we'll hear more about what the Packers want to do, which we kind of know already is going to be, they're going to, we talked with Jeff Halfley, get that hiring. It's going to be a lot of moving around, moving back to like a 4 3 also. So that's going to impact kind of, Options they're gonna have, they're gonna draft either an interior defensive lineman or gonna go out and get a vet by either either option. Um, and Bakhtiari is gonna be cut and save some cap on that. So that's that's really all the Packer talk. Yeah, it was a whopping minute and a half, two minutes. Um, nothing new that I said last week, so that's kind of fun. But we wait, we got the Super Bowl. I already I talked football to start the episode, my pick, but. Let's go through what we're looking at in the world of baseball. So the Brewers made two signings I love. And it's not, oh, Drew's about, you know, I'm, no, it's, it, I'm, I genuinely think these were great signings um, that the Brewers have done over the past week. We talked about the Burns trade. We know what happened there. Ethan Small was the corresponding move. He was former first round pick. The Brewers, I, like, people thought he was the future. Look, the problem with Small, they finally gave up on him. Um, and San Francisco's taking a shot on him as they traded or for him for cash, cash considerations. Look, small stuff, not bad. Um, it's the velo. Um, and there's just been some issues there. Like the stuff never, never developed to the, where it needed to be with his velo is the other problem too. But I mean, he's saying low nineties. Um, it just never turned out for small. And that was, that was the concern coming coming out of the draft. I, I remember, I don't know how long ago it was with him, but like I, I remember previewing his his trade. Like yeah, it was twenty nineteen. I remember previewing this, 
Um, not like not on the podcast, but um, the concern came coming out was Velo. It was it was the velocity was not there. It did not match the pitcher. He seemed um, it seemed like it was behind, um, a little behind, and uh, Brewers still took a shot at him and. 20, it was 28th overall and never worked out. Yeah. So that's just one of those pitcher first round picks that just doesn't work out. You move on, you, you, you take the L, but then what they did, they went to the giants um, or they went to free agent, Jake Junis, Jacob Junis, and they got him for $7 million. Well, it's really a $4 million payroll with a three mil option thing. So it really equates to $7 million, but it's over time. Um, so, why the Brewers went ahead and did that is Jacob Junis actually I'm on a fantasy team in a big league. Um, Junis is a solid option in terms of he can eat up innings, but he can do it effectively. He's a under three ERA kind of guy. Um, I, I consider him a better version of Bryce Wilson in terms of what you'll get of a right-handed reliever, a vet who's been around who can eat up innings also. So who's not exactly a, your middle reliever, like he's had a 177 inning season before. He had a he had 86 innings last year, 374 ERA. Last two seasons with the Giants have been under four, and he's been he averaged out to be around 100 innings per year in those last two years. So if you can get that kind of volume out of him, um, you're getting kind of a Bryce Wilson kind of fifth starter um, fill in. Good value is is what you're getting, and I can get the Savant page up too to talk about him, but. This is a guy who, the Brewer, who like, this is what Brewers needed. So he's going to fill in. He's the Adrian Hauser. So the Brewers were like, okay, so we trade Corbin Burns. We free up like 14, 15 million or so um, with him. And then they use that money. They basically did like a whole opportunity cost kind of thing and then use the money um, and got and got two new pitchers or, or got one pitcher, one catcher and worked out for them. His projections this year is an ERA slightly above four. I'm looking at it right now. It's not terrible. I mean, you're getting like around a strikeout per inning. You're you're getting around a win, a what like one win, um, in terms of war. I think you'll take that. I don't know. That, that's kind of what you needed. Uh, you needed a guy to fill in, be a Hauser kind of guy, and the Brewers get that. And this team is looking. Looking better. They also then go out, get Gary Sanchez. This was an interesting one year, seven million. This is this one's actually a straight seven million. Um, is what Gary Sanchez got. People may think that that's a decent payout for him, and it is. He had a decent end of the year. Um, and there's definitely value in Gary Sanchez's game. Defensively, he's gotten better. Uh, his metrics with San Diego is actually they were they were pretty good. Um, that used to be something that was a concern of his game who's now 31 it's crazy to think he's 31 now but he equated a 2.4 war at the catcher position at 19 home runs last year average wasn't there ops plus was 113 this is a winning bat for the brewers he's projected for like 18 home runs or so it looks like in 2024 um you take you you'd want more probably from that i think his his this is a little underwhelming they have him for OPS of seven twenty six. The catcher spot, of course, that's good, but you take him for more. There's definitely a feeling you'd want him to, you'd want him to have more at bats too, like three hundred thirty. They they have projected as a straight backup catcher, which I don't think the Brewers are going to use him as. I think first base is going to be with like Contreras. Like they're gonna 
they're going to work people in there. Um, and of course they have Hoskins already too, but Sanchez is going to get more playing time. He's going to be right. We talked about, you could, you always need to have depth at respective positions and especially in outfield and catcher's not a bad spot either. They do already have, um, I mean, they've already made some moves to at catcher. They have Eric Haas who can also play catcher. So this team might have three guys from the get go who are going to be playing catch or catcher. They still have uh, Quero in the minor leagues as well. Who's also is a top hundred prospect. So there's, there's a lot of flexibility at catcher and Contreras is obviously the guy down the road, but it's just interesting to see how this is shaked up and how the Brewers are, are going to operate. And Contreras is the future. Uh, Sanchez one year deal. Interesting to see what we get out of him. Hopefully it doesn't backfire, but he's going to play some catcher this year. Um, and against lefties, he's going to be playing too. Uh, this team, if you've noticed, right, we know this team historically has struggled against left-handed pitching. What they've done this offseason has been almost exclusively improved that, right? Haas hits very well against lefties. Hoskins, of course, can hang in there with lefties. Sanchez, too. Um, there's three guys right there who who are going to be getting decent at-bats around left-handed pitching. Um, a lot better approach here in 2024 for the Brewers against left-handed pitching. A left-handed pitching. Although Lane Canago is tough, he had reverse splits kind of thing, so it doesn't really impact that problem, but definitely some outfield depth. But Gary Sanchez, you are Milwaukee Brewer. Uh, the Brewers have gotten probably, like that was like three or four wins above replacement they just added in two signings. I know that that uh, quanti- you know, quantitatively doesn't mean a whole lot, um, maybe, or I guess thinking more about it, like, Sure. Okay. Three to four wins. How do you quantify it? But hopefully that's something we see near the end. Like these are sightings that could make a difference down the road. And I'm hoping this solidifies kind of where the Brewers are at. Uh, the Brewers were still projected around third in the division. I'll look if their projected wins or so is up. It was 78 and a half was what I saw. So thinking like they're going to be around 500. I bet that the, both these signs pushed it up to like 81 wins or so, but we'll see on that sometimes it doesn't adjust again the brewers won 92 games last year i don't know if that they're gonna win that much this year but you definitely expect i don't know i think this team is better than people think there are there are all our holes a third base right now oh boy you know you don't know where it's gonna be but i think this team is better than people perceive i still think this might be the best team in the nl central you know that's not no no bias even um the Cardinals made some moves, but man, the Cardinals team still, the pitching still other than gray and a few other guys. It's, it's still yikes Cubs Cubs haven't made moves. I mean, honestly what the Cubs have done this offseason has been overrated other than council. And this is not even me being a Cubs hater. That's just that that's realistically looking at it. It's been pretty subpar for them. Uh, they got Shoto and Gama who, ends up projecting out to be a fourth or fifth starter based on projections and how he's performed and kind of the overall stuff. I think that was an overrated signing, but I think that team needs, they need to re-sign Bellinger. They need to make one more splash. And and I'm not, you know, obviously as a Brewer fan, I'm not rooting for it, but look at that team on paper. They they need to go out and get one more big, big guy. Um, whether it's like a Snell or Bellinger, I, I can then hear, hear out their, their like playoff push. Um, but right now the roster I think is still still in the works. But that's what we're looking at for the Brewers. Pitchers and pet, pitchers and catchers report in the upcoming week, so that's exciting. 
We're almost to spring training baseball, which means we're almost to major league baseball's opening day. I'm excited. I'm, I'm finally ready for it. And with football coming in to an end today, I think we all are. Let's go to basketball here um, for the last 10 minutes or so of this episode. And what we're looking at was a pretty pathetic week for the Milwaukee Bucks. Three games, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Two losses, one win, and both losses. Like, okay, the Phoenix loss was really frustrating. So I was going to do Bucks player of the week, but it was tough. I wanted to go Malik Beasley, which hear me out. So Beasley in this one was seven for 17, six for 14 from three. He made, he made a total like 13 or 14 threes this week. He had a big week, but from that. But Beasley also played 36 minutes. His plus minus was zero. But, oh, it's... Bobby Portis, um, his plus minus was five or was plus three in this one. He only played, I mean, he played 31 minutes too. Bucks lost by eight. Look, um, for the Bucks, the story has been defense. We know that. I mean, there's no nine that. Um, and what we've seen with Doc Rivers taking over, the defense over its first like five, six games with Rivers has actually been better. They've been now around the tw- 20th in all of basketball, I believe, in def- defensive rating. So Doc Rivers has done the job, even though the record does not show it. The record has been terrible. However, um, we have seen some better things out of this team on the defensive end. The acquisition of Patrick Beverly, which I'll talk about, is definitely going to, I would credit, um, even though it's been only a game, um, that's going to help. I think this Bucks team is figuring something out, even though this bad battles they were in phoenix they only lost by eight they had a shot to win this game uh middleton got ruled out with um durant stepping on him on the closeout which was tough to see um that, that definitely hurt in this game it hurt the depth robin lopez had to play 18 minutes that hurt um he's minus 13 Connaughton minus 15 pat Connaughton has struggled in games this year um not that he's been bad but he's he struggled there's no denying that um then also bobby body bobby was two for nine from the field uh, nine boards, four steals. See, one block. The, the stat line looks better than it was, I feel, for Bobby. Um, and not to be a hater, too. He struggled offensively. He still had some defensive miscues. Um, uh, it's It was almost as if players on the Phoenix, granted they were like star-level star players, and Booker and Beal and Durant were able to to work with where, where they wanted to go with him, um, it felt. Uh, they were able to get to the basket. Uh, Bobby needs to be, be – or. He needs to do a better job protecting the drive. Um, it feels offensive or defensively. That's been a struggle for him has been um, project protecting against the guard driving to the hoop. Um, overall, Jake Crowder, the land or logging 40 minutes in this game felt pretty extreme. Definitely was part of the Middleton injury. Was that what I felt? But Bucks lose that game. You're fine with that. I don't know. I wasn't that game. Didn't worry me. What did worry me was, okay, you go home to play Minnesota on Thursday. Great team. Minnesota has been arguably the best team in all of basketball this year, other than Boston, I would say. I think that's a fair assessment. But in this one, oh boy, it was all Minnesota. I mean, they started only up, like they won every, they won basically every quarter except the fourth, but they won the first three quarters. They won the third quarter, 39-22. This game was a blowout at that point. And it was just a collective effort. This has been a really good Minnesota team this year. Everybody got in for them. Luca Garza even logged minutes against us. Yes, I know. But like Nas Reed off the bench, Alexander Walker, 
This this is a nice team. This is a really good Minnesota team. They're asking a lot of vet Mike Conley. He's delivering. Uh, Towns and Gobert have been actually a, a pleasant surprise together. Um, it's been it's been really good for Minnesota. This is a really good team, and they really gave the Bucks trouble at home. Um, Malik Beasley, who I wanted to be Player of the Week, one for thirteen, zero for nine from three. <laughs> yes, that tells you how this game went for the Bucks. They lose only their sixth home game this year. And they've been 21 six at home and they're under 500 on the road. So that tells you kind of how they've gotten to where the record is. They've been nearly unbeatable at Pfizer and not so much on the road. And then um, yeah, Giannis was seven for 14. He didn't play great in this one, 17, which against Minnesota is understandable. They, their bread and butter's interior defense. They're going to start from the inside and win that. Um, and that's what we've seen. Connaughton played okay in this. Um, AJ Green was the story. He was he went off in this game. 27 points, 7 for 8 from 3, 9 for 11 from the field. Uh, this was his best game of the season offensively. There's no denying it. Um, couldn't miss. Could not miss from 3, which was good to see. And then Lillard was out in this one, so that's the other thing. Lopez, thankfully, was back. Didn't play well, um, but having him back in the lineup is a win. Um, but then after this is kind of where we saw those trades come down. It was Patrick Beverly, uh, who the Bucks acquire for a 2027 second and campaign from the 76ers. Bucks win this trade. Um, and not that like the 76ers are kind of shedding to pieces. They're in a tough spot. Embiid's hurt, torn meniscus, um, gonna be out for some time. That team's kind of like treading water, I'd say. And uh, makes sense for them to shed a vet piece, get campaign, who I, I personally don't think provides value. Um, but on the bench, sure, put them in a home game. You can make some threes, right? I like what the, the Bucks have. The rest of the way out, they, they don't really have any wiggle room for trades. So that's the other problem is this is the roster. I mean, this is probably going to be the roster rest of the way out. They were able to get shed Lopez because they couldn't wave him. They were able to have the Kings help them out, do that. So Lopez no longer on the squad. Robin Lopez is good. Um, this team got better at the deadline, though. Pat Bev is going to provide that spark off the bench. We'll take up um, some AJ Green, Andre Jackson minutes, but then also um, allow for Crowder to play more time in the forward spot. Um, probably going to mean... Bochamp, Jackson, and Portis going to be more around the 20 to 30 minute range rest of the way out, I would feel, but we'll see. Um, they lose that one, but guess what? They play, they have a back to back. They play Charlotte, and this was a fun win. 120 to 84 was the final against Charlotte. Charlotte struggled. They're 5 and 20 on the road, or the Bucks should have easily won this, and they did. They started up 14. They won in the first two quarters each by 14 points. And it was a good good win for Doc Rivers. Dame had a better game, um, which we need. And again, he was nine for eighteen, um, plus thirty three, plus minus. Uh, Brooke Lopez um, played played well too. Giannis had a 15-14 game, three assists. Not much from him, but he only needed to play twenty four minutes. This is the kind of win you like to see. This is where the bench mob got to get involved. Bobby played twenty one minutes, had a great game. AJ Green, after having a seven for nine performance from three, goes one for nine from three. Look, that's basketball for you. The same for baseball. It's just like game in, game out, things can change. And Thanasis even scored four points tonight. That was cool to see. Um, 
That was good. It, this was good. The team didn't really need to do a whole lot. Pat Bev got in for 12 minutes. Just, just a good team win. And you got to hear some of, some of the shooting performances from Charlotte. Credit the Doc Rivers defense. They only allowed 84 points as a team. Miles Bridges, two for 16, minus 39. Like that was that's incredibly bad. And then Cody Martin, two for nine. Brandon Miller, six for 18. So just guys like that, it was two for 10 on the bench too um, for Nick Smith. So that's how his team, the, the Charlotte team has been. They've struggled 10, of 40, 10 for 41. Detroit's catching up to them. Good news is the Bucks have Charlotte two more times actually in the next week, next two weeks. So that's like two wins right there. Hopefully um, a tough schedule though this week. So the Bucks go one and two on this week. Lillard missed the game. They made some trades. Okay. I Bucks got through their hardest stretch of the year. And they did so with a whopping two and five record. Three and six if I add two more games. Ugly. I know. Here's the next stretch. It's also tough, but hear me out. There's some breaks in here. It's doable. Monday. Well, actually, there's not really the break. The breaks are actually today and yesterday, Saturday and Sunday. Tomorrow night they play Denver at home. Bucks got to win that one. I hope so. Tuesday, back-to-back, Miami at home. Two home games. Hopefully they win both of them. One one and one, maybe. Then they have another back-to-back, Thursday, Friday. It's at Memphis, at Minnesota. Memphis is without John Morant. Minnesota at there this Friday. Or actually, this is... I, I'm I'm off for a week. Because uh, um, the All-Star break? I don't, what, what was I thinking? Um, so it's Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Let me do this again. I talked about the back-to-back Denver-Miami. Monday, Tuesday. Those are both at home. And Thursday, they play at Memphis. And they're without John Morant. Hopefully, they can pull that off. So, there's three games this week. Then, we have the All-Star break from Friday. um, For next this Friday to, like, next Thursday or so. So, it's, like, six, seven days off. And then, they come back and they play at Minnesota and then at Philly. So those are the first two games here of the break or after the break on the road. So then they get some Charlotte in there, some Chicago. It's it's a better stretch down the road. There's just an ugly West coast trip that they have to do. That involves golden state Lakers, Clippers and Sacramento. But then other than that, it's, it's going to be smooth sailing rest of the road. There's some good teams in there, but there's followed up with some not so great teams. So bucks can still at 50 wins right now. Again, they're at, they're at 34 and 19. I imagine this team's going to win like 50, in between 50 and 55 games. Um, it's totally doable. But that's what we're looking at for this team rest of the season. Um, looking forward to the all-star break. Doc Rivers' staff going to be there. Um, Malik Beasley and Lord in the three-point contest. It'll be a fun one. Um, but, yeah, we got three games this week. It's either going to be 2-1 and one or 3-0. and oh. I'm debating. I think they might lose one of those back-to-backs. Miami has actually struggled, though. They seem to always have the Bucks number, though, but we'll see. That's all I got, though, today um, on this Sunday afternoon. I look forward to seeing you all Wednesday night with myself, Drew Skyberg, alongside Zach Roush, Jared Valeski. Otherwise, at your sports crew, all social media platforms. March Madness is coming soon. We're going to be doing another bracket channel or bracket challenge here on this podcast, so check that out. I'll have more information later when available. That's going to wrap it up here for myself, Drew Skyberg. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Drew Sports Crew, the perfect podcast for you.